Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 21, Detour. Is this a fun road trip adventure or just 22 minutes of driving around lost? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I am positively driven. Oh boy, that. That's what we're going to start with. Okay. Driven tonight. Also with us today is our panelist, Adley Kirkston. Can we come up with any other thing to describe me? I've been a guest, a guest star, now a panelist. What am I going to be next time? Huge upgrade for you. What do you mean? Well, hopefully next time I'm like an expert in reverse psychology or something like that. I, I'll be honest, I, I'm disappointed with this reaction. I really thought I was downgrading you, but... Oh, it's no. not a downgrade. Major upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, today we've also got a very special guest. It's my brother. No, not that brother. My other brother. It's Kenny Schick. Hello. Did you mispronounce your own last name? Yeah, that sounded weird. Didn't, didn't, didn't know that was going to be commented on. I was kind of hoping we'd just breeze past it. But yes, yes, I did mispronounce my own brother's last name. I was going to say, I, you know, I, as has been commented on this podcast already, Kurt doesn't have the best memory, but I would have thought he knew our own name. I, also, it wait, t- doesn't t- surprise t- t- me t- at all. Kenny, who's Kurt? We don't have a Kurt on the show. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well, whatever. Brad, right? That's your name? Brad? No. We don't, have a, we don't have a Brad on the show either. Brad K. That's what you can call him. Anyway, who is this, Curtis? I got confused because you said his name wrong. <laughs> My brother, Kenny. You have another brother? Yes. So far. There's two of us. So yeah, every third episode, we're going to get a new uh, Schick brother. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Um, and the occasional Gillette brother. Ooh. Nice. Well, hey, Kenny, I, I think, uh, you know, you have the distinction of being our first and only fan so far. Uh, you've been given the chance to listen to our episodes that we've re- uh, we haven't yet released. Um, so I am curious, what do you think of the show? Well, first, um, when you described the podcast to me, like in a text, I did not fully understand what you meant. It wasn't until I actually got an episode. And I was like, oh, they're actually going backwards. That seems like a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured I'll listen to it anyway. And what I, I found was very weird was I was like, this seems competent, which I was not expecting. I didn't expect competence in a podcast from you guys. Uh, so I was impressed by that. Uh, but some things you guys do, I, I you say, I'm like, these guys are morons. Uh, specifically... In the first episode, you guys described uh, Daphne giving birth, and this was to me. I was like, "This is the this is four men discussing." <laughs> uh, she Kurt specifically said she, a, a woman so in tune with her body that she knows she can't. I'm like, oh, as someone who's not even come close to being around birth, <laughs> it was very hilarious to me that you were like, "Oh yeah, how could she be so in tune with her body?" I'm like, I have been witness to two births, and let me tell you, they know better than anyone else what's going on, even trained medical professionals sometimes. In so... my defense, that was less a comment about women's ability to understand their bodies during pregnancy, and much more a myopic reaction to my own lack of uh, insight into my own body and its functions. Well, you don't know anything that's going on. so You're not in tune with your own body? I very much no. I, I would also, I, I take it as a compliment, Kenny, that you said that only some of the things we said were insane. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That makes me feel good. Yeah. You guys have some good insights, but a few where I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Because here's a story, and you can cut all this, but... This will make the edit. Don't worry. <laughs> well, my wife, when she gave birth to our first child, we went to the hospital, and they were, you know, basically, they, they almost told us to go home, because they were like, she was so weirdly calm that they didn't believe she was actually giving birth and uh then a doctor a different doctor came in had a look and was like we need to get you in a room like right now because she was more (laughs) aware of what was going on in herself and she'd never given birth before but she was like i believe my i believe the word she uses my body's being ripped in half oh my god so she knew 
But yeah, she was so calm. It was weird. I was going to say, how do you say that calmly? That's a horrifying thing to hear from a yeah. very calm person. It's way scarier. So, yeah, they, you know, they luckily didn't send us home. And she was, you know, ripped in half at the hospital, which is better than being ripped in half at home. Well, this this is interesting. I Now, this makes me want to, to discuss, because I'm sure you've seen your fair share of non Frasier, like, sitcom or TV births like there have been plenty of shows that have had some kind of a birthing scene and generally speaking especially sitcoms i almost always have just assumed they're wildly inaccurate and completely ridiculous am i wrong are they are they just really well written no i would say like i would say in tv it's always a little bit stupid like i'm not i when when i joked about you guys like i I don't think that Frasier probably, I didn't rewatch that episode, so I can't say, but I'm sure, I remember in 2004 watching it and thinking, you know, like, this is stupid, but, you know, I was also so a, a kid, basically, when that aired. But, um, Kenny, your second kid was born in a vet's office, right? My second kid was born in a dentist's office. Oh, uh, for the, they- for the comfortable chairs. For the comfortable chairs. It was easy to lean back in. And also, you get a free light in your face. Ooh. Did they use the dental equipment? Because that'd be cool. No, they didn't use the dental oh, equipment, what? but you did get free sunglasses. So oh, I was gonna say you'd look pretty, pretty Swiss, uh, pretty slick in those sunglasses. <laughs> you look so Swiss. Oh man, I've only just opened this beer, but I am clearly. Why don't you finish it? Maybe that. Yeah, happen. I was gonna say I'm. I'm nearly at the bottom of a beer, but I feel like I'm stringing sentences together. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, in general, like a lot of movies, I do think really get it wrong when it comes to birth. That said, as my wife pointed out, no man has ever had a child. They never had it. You've you may be around when a kid was born, and you may help raise it, but you never had it. And so, I I really have no frame of reference for how true any movie can be. But I do think movie or TV. I think usually in t- sitcoms, especially, they're usually pretty wrong, and the water breaking is usually really stupid the way they do that because as my wife said it was just like when when it happened to her she was like that's what it is that people in movies are not reacting correctly that would that would be disappointing i've never felt like my body was ripping itself in half so i will give you that yeah yeah and we don't we don't know for sure if no man has ever given birth can we just please make sure we put point that out i mean can we can we say that we do know for sure no (laughs) well we don't want to spread misinformation yeah exactly I mean, I saw the movie Junior, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a documentary. I've not. I've only seen two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and that's a very recent development. Twins and which of? Yeah. yeah. What? What were the What were the two Schwarzenegger movies? Well, we started with Terminator, and then we once the once the seal was broken, we then did Jingle All the Way, which is probably <laughs> the most bonkers movie I've ever watched. Jingle All the Way. Well, and those two movies are in the same cinematic universe. Yeah, I mean, they basically follow one of the. Usually, when people say, "I watched Terminator," and I went to the next logical movie, and they don't say Terminator Two, they usually say Jingle All the Way. Sometimes people go Kindergarten Cop. It is weird. Jingle All the Way is less believable than Terminator, which is crazy. This is true. It's the most cynical Christmas movie I've ever seen in my life. Where the entire thing is, we must get the toy, and in the end, you win for being a horrible human being. Well, and we're going to still arrest Sinbad. I, I did not have on my card that this podcast was going to turn into an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, but anything's possible. Listen, we've, we've now covered all of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an encyclopedic discussion of everything Ryan knows about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we're, we did it. We're about to talk about a show that he doesn't even know that much more about. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. Is there any other topics you want to discuss that I don't know about? When we get to Stephen Root. We can start discussing all the Coen Brothers movies he's been in, and all. We don't. Yeah, I think you're. Gonna, I think you're going to be disappointed when we discuss him later. We we don't have enough time to do a Stephen Root podcast because he's been in way too many things. Oh my gosh! I speaking of, I was actually going to ask Brad because we know this entire genesis of this podcast was based around uh, your watching rewatching of '90s sitcoms and. Right. This is just the one you were on, and we decided to do a podcast. But uh, when are you going to do a news radio watch? I can't find it on any streaming. What is it? Oh, that's because it's nowhere. Yeah, thank you. I'll mail you the DVDs. Thanks, buddy. Actually, Kurt, I might have to mail them the DVDs, because I think I have your DVDs. That's almost certainly the case. (laughs) Do you have any Arnold Schwarzenegger DVDs? Of course. If you could send those my way, that'd be great. I think I have Terminator and Terminator 2. I I don't need Terminator. (laughs) Okay, I'll send you Terminator 2. That'd be great. All right, one sec. I'm going to read off those addresses right now.
<laughs> for the listeners at home. This is also part of our mailbag section. <laughs> well, why don't we jump into this episode? Let's do it. Uh, we start at the coffee shop. The Duke brags to Roz about getting with Charlotte. For his dad's bachelor party, he arranges to interview a stripper later at his apartment. Did you guys notice on the Fraser card what, what the image was in the back of the, the Fraser name card? Uh, no, I, I am not as in tune with. Uh, are you talking about the skyline the moment? Name card. Yeah, no, yeah. Some, is that a name card? Because they do the. Yeah, the black I, I think I would call that the skyline rather than the name card. Sure, whatever you want to call it. But did you it was like a construction <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, wasn't it a construction crane? It was a crane. crane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. A crane. Yeah. Oh, boy. How come out of all of us, I'm the one who's noticing these things on this show? That's not very unbread like. You. Well, in fairness. In fairness to me, I've only seen four of them. I didn't know that they change. They do. <laughs> I've I've learned that. I do feel like, you know. I think every episode we've watched so far has changed. And yeah. I I don't remember them being different that often. I knew they occasionally had a special little thing that happened, but I thought it was just occasional. If my memory serves, it was like a regular like each season that like the word Frasier would be a different color. But they would have they had like a rotating like things that would be going on behind this sky. I'm realizing we're dangerously in spoiler territory. So yeah, come on, Kenny. I mean, I said that a color changes. Is that really a spoiler? Clearly. I mean, my day's ruined. <laughs> I, I now get the total plot of this show. So, so uh, oh, so it's going to be blue one year. I get it. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? I'm. I'm pretty sure in this episode, going back to the scene that you just described, Curtis, was the first time we saw the name of the coffee shop. Oh. Here to enlighten us. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the first one, first time ever, or you mean the first time in the in the upside in the upside down, down that it, it okay. said Nervosa on the back. I didn't catch that at all. Yeah, that's the name of the shop. Yep. Great. Good. Good. We got that. Can I just say the the upside down is a terrible name for <laughs> for for what you're doing backwards. You well, got Frazier. You you should be like the scrambled eggs or something because it's a stupid song at the end. I thought about this. Well, you you texted me this. We're going backwards. You texted me this earlier, and I thought about scrambled eggs. And the problem is, if we were doing a scrambled eggs podcast, we would doing we'd be doing random episodes in random order. Well, yeah, but that's how you also have the option. If you're doing it backwards, it's you're doing a toss salad. But that also has a weird meaning. Yeah. So I don't know. But that also involves you know going backwards. I think. I, I gotta say, I'm the, intrigued. It fits the theme of this show, though. This specific episode. I am intrigued by the audience we would capture by naming the podcast Toss Salad. You can get a lot more listeners that way. So going back, going back to the episode. I, he was so giddy uh, in the coffee shop. Like I, I think that's the first time we had seen him that giddy before. Well, okay, so we're we're four episodes deep. Yeah. We're really starting to solidify Fraser's character, and he's a creep. He's clearly not a gentleman. The <laughs> fact that he pretends like he is for one second, I, I'm not buying it, Fraser. I know you're a creep. Just get it out. Well, okay, and not to jump ahead, um, but there is that scene later in the car where he's like hugging her and she she says something she's a son of a bitch because she's missing her train and he his instant reaction is my hand slipped like either he actually was feeling her up and had a ready excuse or he's just so used to feeling women up and getting caught that he's just he's just <laughs> got a reflexive answer to that that is that is exactly what happened I love when Roz is talking about the stripper and the name of that movie, Grinding Nemo. Great name. Great love, name. Love that name. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm trying to figure out what is that? That is it just a porn that has that name? Like, how do they make it fish? Like, what? Everybody, everybody is dressed as a fish. Yeah, you've heard of furry porn. Yeah. This would be scaly. Oof. Uh, I don't care what age uh, you are or what's going on in your life. I do not want... Uh, to play in my dad's bachelor party. And if I was, <laughs> I wouldn't no want my kid way. to play it either. Absolutely not. In no universe do I want to do that. No. Yeah, zero percent. But they're fine. Every all of them are fine with it. I think not in that in that scenario, Niles' reaction is appropriate. Niles is Niles is on point for a lot of this episode. 
because he's being asked to do stupid things that make no sense for a son to do for his dad. Well, let's 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 pause that for a moment. Let's let's get get caught up to that. So uh, ultimately, uh, at the coffee shop, Charlotte shows up to cancel their date because she has to go to Portland, and Fraser offers to drive her to her train. He clearly did not want him to drive. I was very excited to see Charlotte back. Uh, us in the scrambled egg universe, we were getting nervous that Laura Lenny wasn't coming back. So, so yeah, big pop to see her again. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited. And I think so far, I think she's the first person to show up in a multiple episode arc, if you're not counting part one and part two of the finale. Well, it's only four episodes in, so I don't think you have a strong enough grasp on who who's a who's a one-off character and who's like a recurring I, character and who's the main character. So either. Especially because I mean, they do the, the reverse episode with three to go, which made no sense. Especially after yeah. watching this episode, even crazier that we did the the back in time episode. That yeah. had nothing to do with any of the plot lines. All right. Well, Charlotte tells Frazier that she's moving back to Chicago and by and will do so by the end of the series. Uh, and so she tries to break things off, um, but then they miss her train, and so he has to drive her to the next station. He's a terrible driver. Awful. Gets nowhere. Yeah. And also, I know it was 2004, but it was such a fake drive and such a fake thing. It was so- oh, it, it's a bad totally effect. Fucked, yeah. Horrible. One of the worst I've yeah. seen. I, I was going to say, I've seen some bad ones in my day, but that one was really, really awful. And like, like if you ever watch that '70s show and see like in HD what they do with the cars, because it's hilarious because all the cars are clearly from 1999. <laughs> like they did not get like vintage footage. It's just like we'll just go on any street in Hollywood now, and it'll be fine. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> but like in future, I, I was like, I'm surprised that it looks this bad because it was a like not that it was like. No sitcoms like in the '90s is high budget, but it was a fairly, you know, it was a very popular show that lasted 11 years. You think they could have done a little bit better effect than that? Well, and this is—I I mean, we haven't gotten far enough into the series to see if the the stream we're watching is in like the actual four-three ratio that it was shot in, or if they like change it to look widescreen. But I'm pretty sure the episodes that were airing by this point in time were like actually released widescreen so like i feel like it was an era of television that had a a level of high definition quality that should have been able to to get like better footage and a better match um my other question about this is he says at one point that chicago is not that far from seattle that's not really true no it is very wrong no yeah the midwest is huge yeah yeah well, and I'll tell you, like, as somebody who has done a long-distance relationship and have been in different time zones, in fact, I'm still in different time zones, that is the worst thing. Like, the distance isn't even that big of a deal because planes exist. But having people be at a different time zone than you is just confusing as all hell. Even, I mean, even for tonight, Kurt, when you said what time we were recording this, I was like, this is our time or your time? <laughs> Because yeah. I've Which is been a wise before thing. with you. Yeah, it's a wise thing to ask because I've absolutely gotten that wrong multiple yes, times. Yes, you have. I'm, I'm still not even sure you know what time zone you're in. I mean, is it mountain? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Nothing. Nothing is in mountain time. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to talk about here is, um, so, so Charlotte says to him, uh, she's moving back to Chicago. She also says that she doesn't want a long distance relationship. She doesn't want to see him anymore. But when she's trying to explain herself, she says, this deal was done before we got together, which means at the moment we haven't yet seen where they initially get together and hook up. She already knows she's leaving the state. And she's looking for a one night standing. Anyway. She wanted a one night standing and just got hooked on that sweet Frasier hairline. Yeah, she didn't know <laughs> that Frasier would be an absolute monster of a person that she's super into. That forehead has a gravitational pull she was not prepared for. He is in. So she bought her ex's company, right? That's what I believe she says. No, they were. Yeah. He said she bought it back. So I think yeah. it was her company, and then he somehow got a part of it, and then she bought it back I, from him. It, I don't I mean, know. There's no way. There's no way he got a good. He gave her a good deal. That's why she got to move to Chicago. She got to move to Chicago so she can make more money than she can make in Seattle. Clearly. I don't know, back, back in 04. Now that would well, definitely be the case. But 
We we did we did kind of already confirm through a previous episode that Seattle at this point in time was kind of a backwater. Yeah. You have there's, to, there's it's no at least 20 minutes to any hospital. It's it is not a major metro- metropolitan area. No. There's no companies there. That's why you got to go to Chicago in the first place. Your their biggest export was Kurt Cobain and he was well gone by the time <laughs> this episode went out. Uh, the only thing I wanted to ask, just watching the scene, Ryan, does does the show start to make a little more sense to you with this episode and this scene, especially like his relationship with Charlotte? Oh, I thought you meant that he's a bad driver. Well, yes. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think this clears up the whole show. Obviously, it it explains that we're not going to see much more of her um, in in previous episodes, but no, I don't think so at all. I actually think this explains a lot. I thought we were going to get more Laura Linney than it looks like we're going to get. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. He did look sad this time, though, which was a, a notable improvement. Three weeks from now, he's going to forget that he actually likes her, play a bad game of Scrabble with her, and then kick her out. Uh, he he genuinely does look a little bit sad here. That's true. But I I, th- I want to say, like, his driving her to this train, it kind of explains why sh- he did not drive her to the airport and she left Comple- in that episode. Yeah, She's like, I am not explains. getting in another car with you. You are an awful driver. Yeah. That, I, yeah. Oh my God. That actually clears a lot up. Yeah, right. I wonder if he even offered or if both of them were like, that's not going to work. Just get your own get your own way there. I have no idea. Because she is does appear to be terrible at getting to transportations. I, I guarantee he offered and she was like, nah. I think I'm good. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're probably right. He probably also offered to have one last uh, sex with her. And she was like, let's just play Scrabble. Scrabble's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So Frazier really is bad at racing trains. He's even worse at following basic directions. He gets them lost in the middle of nowhere. And they wind up with a bum engine. I don't think it's easy to outrun a train, though. They're actually... They, they're notoriously faster than cars. Right. It's like the whole point. And Curtis, this is also the scene that he calls Niles as well. Yes. Yes. And Niles, we find out, hates strippers. No. Yeah, I don't think he hates them. Or he's afraid of strippers. He's afraid of everything. No, he says that he doesn't know, uh, he doesn't know how to interview one, which is a totally good point. I don't know how to interview a stripper either. I'm, I'm very thrown by the, the concept of this episode that they have to interview the stripper. What, what does let that me, mean? Let me well, you just call it. I, I'm pretty sure people who hire strippers, they call a company and say, please send me a stripper. And they just send You're, one. You get what you get and you don't make a fuss. As my well, daughter's no, preschool taught us. No, you were, you were, I, I have no, I have no concept of that. That's how it works. I'm just assuming. <laughs> you know about a much uh, about hiring strippers as we know about giving. Oh, well, time out. You guys, you guys <laughs> yeah. are all completely wrong. As the expert when it comes to hiring strippers, you are completely wrong. It is a long, strenuous process. You have to know. You have to ask lots of questions so you know the quality and the type of person you're getting to perform this amazing art form. Genuinely don't know if you're joking or serious, but it's not. I do think that it's, this is like the greatest version of asking for a free sample of ice cream. It's like, well, let, <laughs> let me sample the stripper. Let's see. You, you have to get to know the stripper so you know what you're getting out of the experience. That's what I think the stripping experience will show. I've never heard a sentence said in such a cold, <laughs> dead manner. <laughs> genuinely unsettled. That's the voice of someone who's just recently come from a strip club. I. It was. I watched this episode, went to a strip club, and now I'm here recording. At, you're currently at the club. He's in the bathroom of the strip club. Yeah, they have a really good bathroom attendant. He just gave me a mitt. It's and this is the best audio you've had so far. So. Yes, please stay in the strip club. The acoustics of that stripper and bathroom are just amazing. Yeah, in a second you're going to hear coming to the stage is Silver Dollar. Can you ask Silver Dollar how many times she's been interviewed before getting hired? Yes, I will. <laughs> Is the gimmick with Silver Dollar that people just throw, instead of, like, sending her actual cash, they just, like, toss Silver Dollars at no, her head? Just, oh, that'd be horrible. Her- Why at her head? Why, why do you want to take her <laughs> no, out? No, they call her Silver Dollar because that's the size of her nipples. Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was, I just found out that that was not a name you hastily picked out of the air. That was a name from experience. She is, 
He is genuinely in the bathroom of a strip club right now, and I'm uncomfortable with Brad <laughs> remaining on the podcast. Well, well, Kenny, let me tell you something. There's no Brad on the podcast. My name's Bradley. Yeah, we... <laughs> it's not what I've heard. So there's a lot happening in this scene. Uh, we we did group chat. Uh, Frazier is a comically slow driver and a comically bad driver at the same time. I would horrified when he was going for the headset, which it's a 90s yeah. headset. They're already hard to work. And it's like, you are already struggling on this trip. Please, please let the person in the car help you out. Well, he does. He says to take the wheel. <laughs> it's the most dated joke, that hands-free <laughs> headset thing. It's like, man, this does not hold up. Everybody just turns their car on and their phone automatically connects now. But Frazier is like, I've got to do this crazy, wacky thing. And Charlotte is not uh, interjecting whatsoever, which is a huge mistake. Oh, also, we, we, we kind of brushed past this, but he's on the phone with yeah. Niles. He's explaining what he needs Niles to do. And at first, he's a little cagey. He's like saying the entertainment. But then very quickly, when Niles isn't getting it, he just blurts out the stripper, Niles. Get, interview the stripper. And not only does he not, like, I guess he does mention it's for the, the bachelor party, but he never tries to, like, explain to Charlotte what it's for, and she doesn't seem to no. care. I think she's genuinely done with this relationship. She's like, this motherfucker is hiring a stripper the second I break up with him. Yeah. Like, well, she's just, she just continues to be late for the, the trade, so that's all she's focused on right now. That's true. I thought about that, too. The other thing I want to note, I want to say, when he was talking to Niles, and I would like you guys to do this for me in 40 years when I get married, please hire a klezmer band for my bachelor party. A what? A say that word again. A klezmer band. A what? A klezmer band. Did they, did they say that on the show? Or are you yeah. making up a word? No, when he calls, he's like, he says the entertainment. And Niles goes, oh, did you want me to hire a klezmer band for that? A what? A klezmer band. What is that? I like that you keep saying klezmer band as if it's going to help us understand it better. As if this word's going to stick. I don't know what you guys are getting. A klezmer music. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you just changed the word, but you're not confident okay. that it's the right word. Oh, no, because I, I get it's, it's a little more Jewish than I thought it was. <laughs> it's very Jewish. I've never heard it. I think you might have made it up. It's very Jewish, regardless. I'm going to read the definition of klezmer. I I was going to say, I'm on the Wikipedia now. It's klezmer is pretty Jewish. Yeah, instrumental musical tradition of the Ashkenazi Jews. I am an Ashkenazi Jew of Central and Eastern Europe. The essential elements of traditional includes dance, klezmer music. So it's just music. Yeah, the whole description. What, What makes it klezmer other than you? Should be an Askenazi Jew. Curtis, is it possible for us to listen to a song in the podcast? Yeah, no, he'll. Uh... Anything's possible. <laughs> we'll get the producers to throw that in. Later. Okay, cool. Thank you. You, you, you're now tasked with finding me uh, some copyright free. Uh, I don't even know the word. What are we saying? Klezmer music? Yeah, it's klezmer. Come on, it's klezmer music. Is it a klezmer music or klezmer? Klezmer. Is there an A in front? How are you guys okay. missing all these details of the episode? I've, I still have never heard this word. Uh, what makes it klezmer music, though? Again, for real. It's the style. Just the style of music, the amount of instruments and the dancing and all that stuff. The amount of instruments. Well, you need four horns and one violin. No, it's a lot more like weird instruments, like fiddles. That it's is that a weird? Is that a weird instrument? It's just a violin. It's like oh. a country violin. Oh, yeah, I was to say it's a fiddle that it's a violin that you play on your porch. Uh, so we're still in this scene, and it fades to night. Correct. We've all done the open the hood, even though we know nothing about cars. I think Absolutely. I assume I don't know about you, Kenny, but all four of us have probably done that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what the hell's going on in there, but I definitely have opened that hood thinking I'll figure it out. You gotta pop the hood. The line Frazier says is one of my favorites so far in the series. He says, I opened the hood as mere formality. (laughs) I like that as well. It's such a brilliant way to put it. It's just so so devastatingly accurate. (laughs) That that is the one thing about Frazier is he is very honest on his own shortcomings. Have you ever popped the hood and then told someone to start it and it does work, though? It's the best feeling. No. <laughs> it, it made Cordy unbelievably mad the last time it worked. 
Well, we get our first title card. I think our only title card. Yeah, I think and, so. Uh, his neighbors described Jonathan as a nice boy who kept to himself, which basically introduces this character of Jonathan as a future serial killer. Correct. Absolutely. Not, that's not a statement made in the show, I think. That's a reference to something, I guess. I don't know if it... I mean, I know the last time we saw title cards, they were like literary references. So I don't know if this is also a literary reference, but it seems like it's just a comment on the character they're about to introduce. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard to not give spoilers, but I mean, I, I feel like if my memory serves, and I haven't watched Fraser in, in quite a few years, but if my memory serves, the title cards could be any random weird thing that didn't sometimes seem like a non sequitur, but sometimes they made sense. Like this makes sense, but it's, sometimes they were just like, whatever. It was just some random word sometimes, but well, Kenny, I've like, got I've got good news, Kenny. That is the opposite of a spoiler. No, sometimes it's relevant, sometimes it isn't. I, I think this is. I think there's always a connection, but the connections are very obvious sometimes, and other times they're like right. you have to really figure it out. This is nothing like your gutting spoiler where you told me the colors change. Do you think? Do you think those things like when they are like we have to come up with a title card for this episode? Do you think? It was like something they they really worked over and were just like, oh man, we've spent 10 hours on coming up with this title card. Or do you think it was like an afterthought every time? And they're just like, I don't know. Oh, wait. Just put uh, a word. So, Curtis, I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I'm currently watching Just Shoot Me and it's the same creators and they do something very similar to this with the magazine. <laughs> no. Uh, no spoilers oh, for yeah. no spoilers for that when we do that podcast. True. And I really think, to your point, Curtis, it's more just the the creators like think it's funny type of thing is kind of how but do you think do you think they put a lot of time into it i think they think of they like literally are on a phone with each other just coming up with stupid things i was gonna say i i guarantee it's in the writer room yeah yeah, you know they're just going like this they're putting it in the script like it'd be hilarious if it says this because it'll relate to what the story is about or whatever especially like if i I forgot all about that until you mentioned about just shoot me with yeah yeah they would have like the one magazine cover with all the different like articles or whatever right wasn't that what it was yep and it would just yeah, like, they were like articles. It was, yeah exactly and it would panda like a, a, a headline you know a title of an article that would be in the magazine yeah, yeah and it would kind of relate to whatever the next scene was sort of about yeah i think to kenny to your point it's the writers in the writer room thinking that they're being like coy and funny and like witty yeah mm-hmm. yeah they must think that a lot and so far hasn't come through I can't believe that Frasier would have at all, after 11 seasons, maybe lost its clever luster. <laughs> Same. That's not, that's not how it was sold on the show. <laughs> no, it was, it was good from the beginning to end, 11 seasons, after they did 11 seasons of Cheers. They, they had 22 years of nothing but quality. Yeah, they should be excellent at it. Well, in this scene, Fraser and Charlotte knock on a stranger's door for help, and they are welcomed inside by, I wrote down in my notes here, Marvin, but I, I, when I re-listened to, or when I rewatched the show, it's Harvin, it is. I think. It is. Harvin? Yeah, it's Harvin. It's a strange it's name. It's Harvin, yeah. So anyway, uh, they, they're welcomed inside. Harvin is grieving his mother's death, and his wife forces his wife, Sue, I, I looked that up, it's Sue, uh, she... Uh, forced him to check on their engine trouble. But I just said, I was so excited to see Milton. <laughs> I am excited to see Stephen Root in anything I watch. He doesn't show up nearly enough for my money, and he's in a ton of stuff. So much stuff. So much. <laughs> he's, he's a great actor. Like the, oh, absolutely. If you, if you ever see him play like a menacing guy, he's just so good at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. uh, this is not a good example of that. You could, you could add any old hack do this job. Well, and I feel like, I mean, this would have, I, I don't know where this would have been in his career, but I feel like he was still more like sitcom goofy guy, like do- guy from Dodgeball than he was uh, no, guy. And was he, I, was he in Coen Brothers already? He was, yeah, because Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is one of my favorite movies ever, is the year 2000. So it's four years after he started. I think that's the first time he was in a Coen Brothers movie. But he's he was in that. I mean, he just kind of like, I think he's one of those guys where it seems like, oh, he was just doing sitcoms. But that might be just because you were only really watching sitcoms at the time. And he was just That's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, he was in Coen Brothers movies. He was, he was in movies, TV. He was bouncing all over the place. The, and you were mostly watching news radio. Was was Dodgeball this this year, I think? I think the same year. Yeah, that it's this, about the same time, yeah. And this, it was probably actually after this show came out. Who did he play in Dodgeball? I forget. 
The, he was Milton again, I think. <laughs> he pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> He's, he was the guy that was the most into dodgeball and the worst at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is also around the time that he was on the last season of West Wing. He made some appearances on that, too. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. I think well, that was a couple years later. I, like, yeah, well, around, I, have, I have not finished the last season of West Wing. I'm working really hard to, but I have not done it yet. Oh, man. God. That's another... That's We're racking up the podcast we got to do. I, I'm pretty sure me and you both listened to a West Wing podcast already, but... That's true. It's been done. Yeah. I think we could do it better than the people. <laughs> but uh, luckily, luckily, no one's ever done a Frasier podcast before, so you guys are in the clear. <laughs> I, I did look this up. There are plenty of Frasier podcasts, but seemingly none of them have... There are a few that are still active, but none of them have gotten successfully to the last episode yet. And so we're, we're the first to get all the way to the end of the series. Was this, was the lady in this scene, is she famous? I I couldn't, she looked too much like She's one of those, yeah. She's one of those character actors I've seen in a ton of stuff, but I couldn't tell you her name. Yeah. She looked too much like the chick from SNL, putting on like makeup. Um, Kate McKinnon. Oh, I don't see it, but okay. There, there's she could easily look like that if she wanted to. There is about a dozen actors and actresses that are in almost every '90s and early 2000s sitcoms to make an appearance, and she is one of them. Like I just watched mm. Home Improvement. She's in a, in a scene in Home Improvement. She's already been in a scene in Just Shoot Me that I watched. She was like, she just appears at Boy Meets World. She was on an episode. Like she's just in every '90s, early 2000s sitcom for what episode? What other shows were there? Um, I mean, I, I could name more if you wanted to, but that's a whole other show of me just talking about different one, TV shows. One episode of this is just going to be you listing off yeah. TV shows you've heard of. Yeah, correct. Uh, everyone else uh, uncomfortable with how welcoming they are? Like, yeah. before we really get to even meet them, it's just like, mm, not loving this. Why are you welcoming? Yeah, the Why way so she says, come on in out of the cold, yes. did not feel like, oh, a nice kind of earthy, Midwestern, friendly... Oh. It was more like, oh, I finally have some murder victims coming to me. Yeah, was, yeah. I was going to say it is. This is how she gets people for Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you assess the threat on the on the porch. I don't think they actually had a porch, but still, you assess the threat before you let them in. She's just like, oh, come on, this is great. Well, speaking of Jonathan, uh, he comes in and he is there basically just to creep everybody out. Uh, that car can't be fixed tonight, and so they have to pretend to be married so that they can stay the night there and not have to split up. Can you imagine if they had to split up and yeah. stay the night in that creep fest? Absolutely We'd never not. have seen Laura Linney again. We we barely do. Yeah, we <laughs> barely do. But you wouldn't even get those extra scenes. It would be over. Thank goodness. Thank goodness they were able to sleep together. <laughs> Does anyone have any pocket butterscotches for this scene? Oh my god. Oof. Pocket butterscotch. Just... I wouldn't trust a regular butterscotch from these people. This is nothing coming out of your pockets, bud. How about Jonathan having a whole bunk to himself? That's a super weird... uh, Like, obviously, this is a weird living situation, but if you have a bunk for you, just yourself, that's crazy, and then triple it by the fact that he's an adult. Just wild. I, I may have missed this. You're saying he sleeps in a bunk bed? Yeah, isn't that what they offer to let uh, Frazier sleep in a bunk with Jonathan? Isn't that what they say? I thought they were just saying you can sleep with Jonathan in Jonathan's bed. Yes. I did not clock that it was a yeah, bunk I, bed. I, I didn't get that it was a bunk bed I situation. I said you can bunk with him. I just assumed that was... Yeah, that's, no. that, does not, that, that, that word does not automatically mean bunk bed. Yeah. I, guarantee, I guarantee you Jonathan has his own bunk bed. Well, look, we're not saying he doesn't have a bunk bed. We're just saying they didn't the specifically just say it. Evidence is not sufficient to confirm. Uh, yeah, pocket butterscotches. That dude's got a bunk bed to himself. Yeah. Well, the way his mother loves on him, it is. It is not. It would not be surprising that he would be infantilized in that way. Well, let's jump to the B plot. Uh, Pops is waiting for a physical therapist to interview, uh, but the Duchess intercepts her, thinking that she is a stripper. Yeah, that was just it. the whole. That whole this whole plot is the most nineties sitcomy like annoying thing in the world. This, this is the Frasier doing the as they often did, I think, occasionally do the threes company thing. But I think yeah. it was usually more clever than this. Yeah, but it was it was. Oh, just see, like, that's interesting. I I really enjoyed this plot. I thought these scenes were great. I uh, I thought it was genuinely funny, and maybe it's because I didn't really like the last few episodes we watched. 
Uh, maybe I'm just like ready for it to be funny, but I, I really thought this worked. Well, I know that you have to use Milton when you hire him, but I could have used more of the B plot for sure. So yeah. Brad, would you, what can you ask? What, what questions would you ask? Cause Niles is nervous about it as you should be. What's the first thing you ask a stripper? Favorite, favorite dance move. Um, favorite, like when, when they do a lap favorite dance, dance move. when they do a lap dance, where do they start? Um, um, do they I chew, regret asking this. Do they chew? Do they do they chew bubble gum? That's a big one. You want to know if they chew bubble okay. gum? I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> please do. Uh, can I just say, where do you start? It's like I start in the living room. I don't know. I don't want to know where you want them to start. Like, is it clear you have you have an answer in mind? And that I find disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so. Us in the Upside Down, we just have to assume that Niles doesn't live anywhere. It doesn't seem like he lives in the apartment. Why is he taking the stripper interview at the place where Martin lives? Well, okay, so, so that is explained you can in the episode. So, so at the very beginning, Frazier is intending to do the interview. So he invites the stripper ah. to his apartment, What's but then he has to call does, Niles to take it over. You still should do it at Niles' place, assuming Niles lives somewhere. By the way, I am. This is not a spoiler. I'm so excited for Ryan to get to see Niles' apartment. That's going to be amazing. Episode. Spoiler alert, Brad. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, sure there he's was homeless as far as he's concerned. I was until you said that confident that they slept that both him and Daphne slept in his car. No comment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, I love that when Niles gets nervous, he blows air coke. Yes, it is such a weird motion. Uh, so you guys were given guff to the fact that they do another switcheroo. This is a double switcheroo, though, so it is different. I, I, I will say, I, I, I'm joked about it being not as good. I do think it was, it had quality to it. It just, I, because I, from what I remember of Frasier, I remember these kind of gags yep. working better. Yeah, I'm on Team Kenny with this one. I just, I will say, yeah. I will say, let me, let me, let me talk about um, the rest of the scene because the Niles. Wait, I have okay. one more note because he. Uh, what he says to the stripper is just a horrible thing to say. He says, yeah. I'm just a little nervous around, you know, uh, sex workers. Or, yeah. What's he say? I'm uncomfortable. It's like that. Why would you say that to someone, especially a sex worker? Well, he also, he also, she's like, here are my references. And he's like, I didn't know you people had those. Yeah. yeah he is truly terrible to this lady. Like assuming she's an actual stripper, he's still wildly inappropriate and a jerk. Yeah, it actually makes it way worse if she's a, if she is the stripper. I don't think it makes it way worse. Way worse. He's just, I'm not comfortable around you people. <laughs> what? And then, of course, the way he like word vomits it out is is grotesque to watch him physically do that. But that is some good good physical comedy, at least. Well, so at the end of the scene, he runs into Daphne, who is going upstairs, uh, thinking she's going to have her own interview with a new nanny, but she is actually interviewing the stripper Niles was intending to meet with. And um, Martin thinks that uh, she is a physical therapist. And so he's asking her for a demo. Whoa, uh, wait, she- wait a minute. Spoiler alert. Ow. Oh, yeah. You, you, you watch this episode? Yeah, I, I don't. Do I know that he's, she's a physical therapist? I don't that's think what so. They, you in the episode. They say I don't think so. Yes, they do. I think they you guys, absolutely think you guys are do. assuming this. Yes, they no, do. No, I Ryan. just watched this episode. They <laughs> yeah. absolutely do say that. Yeah. Ryan, my Mark. favorite part of this rewatch podcast is that you are seeing this for the first time, but you're paying so little attention. There's so much to take in. That you, you feel like you're getting spoilers when it's just things that literally just happen. I'm going back and watching this. I don't believe you guys. I, I, Spoiler alert. I don't want to know what happened in the episode I watched. It's, it, it happened in the first scene when they're in the coffee shop. He says, I'm looking for a new physical therapist to replace me. Oh, interesting. I was worried. I was worried about Frazier driving at that point. <laughs> yeah, you were all in on the A plot. Yeah, weird. So, 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 yeah. So Daphne is uh, trying to interview the stripper. Martin joins and thinks it is the physical therapist, and so he asks her for a demo. She goes to the bathroom, and when she emerges, she's wearing nothing but a sexy negligee and is hired on the spot. So super weird response from Daphne when I forget how they set it up, but she's just like, yeah, I would love if you put on a white nurse's uniform. 
That's a yeah. I that killer. was the strangest thing. I was thinking the entire time. Why? Why would she what? say that? Well, yeah. Why are you partial to that? And and why wouldn't she be taken aback that she asked in the first place? Uh, yeah, I, especially because it, like if she's a physical therapist, it'd be weird that she'd be wearing a nurse's outfit. But for a nanny, why on earth would a nanny be in a nursing outfit? <laughs> yeah, it made no sense. I will say I, I, I give that a pass because it is clearly a joke that only works on the level of a joke. Like it, yeah. it doesn't make sense for her to actually say it. But I, I mean, it, it did make me laugh. <laughs> It was funny. Yeah, I, I did. The scene was funny. Yeah. Uh, this the powder room gets so much action, way more than I was expecting <laughs> on the show. It's yeah. been a significant plot point in every episode. I, I think I'm it was almost called the show was almost called Frasier the Powder Room Years. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Frasier I'm, goes to the bathroom. I'm so glad you actually noticed something in this episode. I'm very very happy. <laughs> well, I also want to talk about so when Daphne's talking to her. Uh, she's like, what do you want me to do? And Daphne's like, oh, nothing fancy, just the basics, you know, burps, diapers, that kind of thing. And and I just love how the, the stripper is just like, all right, I'll go with that. Like, she has no qualms about it. It's just like, cool as a cucumber. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. Look, as we've, as we've pointed out, I am the expert when it comes to strippers. And any good... We didn't ask. And, and any, nobody, any, good stripper, any good stripper is really good at burping. That's all I'll say. Oh boy! Oh yeah, I, boy! I actually thought that that was one of the few lines that works, no problem. Yeah. Uh, the lingerie technique, by the way, will that'll work in any interview. It'll at least <laughs> worst case, it'll speed up any single interview you're in if you just strip down into your lingerie. It's gotten me more than a couple jobs. How often have you done it, Ryan? About forty times. So I do a lot. Everyone, everyone of- faster. I, I do interviews. <laughs> I do interviews on Zoom. Happens way more than you would think. Yeah, how did how did Silver Dollar do when she switched, stripped down? Um, she just started off naked, so it's hard to she she was naked the whole time. So when she that's put on stripper, laundry, that's just a nudist. Well, no, because <laughs> because I interviewed her right after her her performance. That that seems rude. You should give her some time to put clothes on. I had to pay twenty dollars. Had to use my money somehow. Oh, <laughs> okay. That I'm, is, I'm that's only slightly less tasteful yeah, than this Kurt, episode. Please, please move this on. I'm just gonna brush past this and <laughs> and uh, circle back to the scene. I also really want to highlight uh, Martin because I think Martin gets the best lines in this episode. Uh, when he says she's been doing me for ten years, yeah, and then is like, recently she's been doing me on the table, but I really prefer the floor. <laughs> Which, of course, is insane wording for what she's actually doing. But that one, I think, actually stands up a little better. That's the kind of word mistake you would make. <laughs> yes. You would fall into that trap. Most humans would be like, this is an innuendo. I shouldn't say it like this. Why do you think I, I buy it? <laughs> uh, did anyone else dock her for not putting on a white nurse's uniform? She's just like, yeah, I can do that. And then puts on whatever she feels like. I don't think she like. brought like, every costume. It's she, like she had a giant bag. Did she roll in with a trunk? Yeah. Well, she asked, but she didn't ask, like, what, uh, here's my bag of tricks. Which one would you like? She asked, like, when, on the day when I'm actually doing the job, what would you like me to bring? Not, I brought every costume you could possibly come up with right now. Well, then why did she ask before going into the bathroom? Get, well, the, get the job first. I dinged her. Well, we are back in the A-plot and at the house. Jonathan points out uh, the lack of a wedding ring, and this sparks a romantic soliloquy from Frasier. Next to their sofa bed is Harvin's dead mom's casket. Greatest hand speech ever. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was surprisingly, re- I mean, especially given how much we've seen so far that he doesn't care at all for the Charlotte woman. <laughs> it was really touching what he said. Yeah. Easily the most passionate thing we've seen Frazier do on the whole show. Brad, you have no comment on the hand speech. I, I mean, I don't know. I just like. You're just like, yeah, that's a thing that happens I, every I just, day. I just have a very different opinion of this episode than you guys do. No, no, Brad, you're sitting there thinking, I don't look at the hands of the strippers I interact with. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I just, like, I thought that this was stupid. I wasn't a fan of it. I'm, I'm like, I, I just... Sorry, are you, are you talking about this scene, or are you jumping ahead to no, the rating of the episode? No, to, to this scene. The only thing... Oh, yeah, okay. to this scene. You're, you're mad because they introduced strippers and then cut away from them? Is I, that right? I guess. <laughs> I just, I don't know. We're having very different opinions of this episode so far. It sounds like you're you're mad that Frazier's in this episode. I like Frazier. He's cool. We could hang out. I, would, I wouldn't mind getting drinks with him. 
And look, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of open caskets. So what? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm really not actually. What the? Fuck? Oh my god! Also, it's not an open casket. First off, they right. open they open it. They got yeah. a way to open it, but yeah. it's not an open casket. For the record, you you wanted crazy bread. You get crazy bread. That's Wait, fair. Bradley, sorry. Maybe next time we should ask for funny bread. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. First off. It's funny, Bradley, and uh, everything I do is funny. Everyone hated that the the grandma was sleeping in the same room as the parents, right? I I mean, I hate it as a concept. I love it as a line. Yeah, it's it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I like the yeah. line. Yeah, the line was great. There's a real like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibe, though. Like, what? There's been- clearly enough room. Why Why aren't you anywhere else? Yeah, I did kind of wonder about that because it seems like it doesn't strike me as like a big house. They kind of strike me as not exactly well off people. So I was trying to picture like they have a a, a bedroom big enough for their bed. And like, is it a twin bed that grandma was sleeping in? Like what? How big is that? Old farmhouses, I think, have can have big old rooms. You got room to build your big old house. I bet you either way, all three, there's three twin beds in whatever room they're in. And they're probably all adjoined. <laughs> they're all pushed together. Yeah. yeah. Sharing one blanket. <laughs> yes. I, I will say this. Like I, when I started the episode, I, I didn't remember it. And when they got in that room with the casket, suddenly it all came flooding back. And I was like, oh, I remember this episode <laughs> now. And I haven't watched it since it originally aired in 2004. But I was like, oh, I remember this now. Yeah, you this blocked out good. a traumatic incident. And then you can <laughs> make sense. You uncovered the memory. Well, let's, let's get into that. So they're trying to sleep. And Jonathan comes in to open the, t- co- to open the casket and to talk to the corpse. And then after he leaves, Harvin comes in to give her a hug. So much crazy stuff is happening in this scene. <laughs> what it was, it was specifically the line of our secret is safe or whatever <laughs> that I was like, Oh, I remember this episode. And as soon as he said it, I thought, Oh man, I can't wait to find out what the fuck this secret is. And then I was so glad they didn't reveal it. It was just a creepy I, thing. He said that you just have to your, your imagination. For it was going to be nothing good. My thought thought on the scene was the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, this is the only actor that could pull this off. Like, he's really the perfect person to do this scene. He does the good job. Which one are you talking about, Jonathan or Milton? Milton. Yeah, okay. He he does do it way too good. The you want to hug mama is so perfect. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) so if you're Jonathan and you have a secret with your dead grandma... You don't need to tell her dead body that she should. She you're, should know. You are working under under the assumption that Jonathan is mentally stable. Right. That's fair. <laughs> I would. I would definitely have waited till there wasn't people sleeping right next to her. Like he is feet from her. They're they're very disrespectful to their guests. Forget the fact that there's a corpse right next to them. Well, I I want to shout out. You know, we're we're praising uh, Stephen Root, but I I do want to give a shout out to. Uh, the Laura Linney and uh, Kelsey Grammer because their reactions are kind of perfect in this scene. They're creeped out, like just creeping out in the background was very, it was exactly what I was doing. They're creeped out, but still laughing at at the ludicrousness of the entire situation. It was really well done. It's the perfect reaction you would, you would expect in a situation like that. I think I thought Charlotte was having about 10% too much fun like yes it's funny yes these people are crazy she was genuinely like you couldn't have had a nicer time out than yeah. doing than sleeping near this dead grandma it, to me that felt like something that was not in the script like she just started laughing and they just like yeah, she's just like this is yeah. great i mean i challenge you to keep a straight face when uh steven root is hamming it up <laughs> yeah well even her reaction right after um jonathan does his bed she's just like uh, why would I ever go to a hotel when I could stay right here? This is amazing. I think Jonathan gives one of those performances that if you if you watched that episode and then ran into him on the street, you would just be like, no, that wasn't an actor. That was that was yeah. you, man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't anywhere near you. I hated that Frazier and Laura Linney were laughing. I was like, you do not laugh until you get out of this murder house. That's true. That's fair. Also, I think Frazier cracks a joke. I think he cracks this. I don't know if he cracks a joke. 
because it's really hard to tell if he's telling a joke or if he's just being a cruel person. That's where I'm at with Frasier four episodes backwards. I think that's a thing with sitcoms in general is sometimes the, the jokes are funny, like as an audience, but if you really think about like a person interacting with their supposed friend or family member, it is sometimes like, gosh, that was just a dick thing to say. As we wrap up the episode, Frasier convinces Charlotte that they should continue to see each other, even though they both know it's not going to last more than three weeks. Yeah, again, neither of them seemed so into it. I I mean, they both agreed to it and they both seemed happy, but I was just like, okay. This episode, I thought Frasier seemed happy and into it. Like much more than when we'll see him three weeks from now. L- Laura Lenny's really hard to get a handle on because we we have not had much time with her. I can't judge if she is genuinely into this or not. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the episode is her. Sa- Here's the thing that's kind of weird. A lot of the episode is her saying no and him saying, but maybe. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I think Frazier needs to learn that no means no. Well, spoiler alert: he doesn't learn it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, he travels to her her town uninvited. That's true. And I never thought is, about that part. He did end the show that way. I mean, it's not a great end for Frasier. No, but it fits everything we've learned about him. Well, and the thing is, like, like you you could you could have headcanon that says that he probably did connect with her over the phone, and they decided they would do Chicago, and and he was just going to actually physically get there. Like, it's possible that happened off screen. But it's totally in keeping with the Frasier we've seen these last three, four episodes that he would just think it's a grand romantic gesture to show up at her doorstep unannounced. 100%. You think she even gave him her address? He's going to wander all around Chicago looking for her. Like a serial He's going to plant the bean and just like, just I, wait. I would watch that episode of him trying to track her down without, you know, as good of internet tech. Well, the tag on the episode... We've got the Duke playing us out as the wife is gloating at that dead mother. And that, or yeah, and then she brings them breakfast. Like she, she brings breakfast, stops to open a casket and interact with a dead person, and then finishes delivering breakfast. As bed and breakfast go, I think it's going to not pass any health code. You know, no health inspector is going to give them a good grade if they're stopping by corpses. Look, Frazier, if you want to be romantic, you've got to read the Yelp reviews before you show up. I don't, I don't think that that's true with the health and safety, because as long as if they handle the corpse, but then go wash their hands, it's fine. But she doesn't. She doesn't, t- she doesn't touch him. She just opens the casket and then laughs like a psychopath. <laughs> Maybe you're right. I think the health inspector will watch that and go, it's fine. I'd be like, she didn't make contact. She didn't accidentally scrape against the forehead. We're fine. You guys get a C. That, yeah, they're definitely getting a C. <laughs> I, I was absolutely furious for multiple reasons at this credit scene. Really? Oh. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, for, so, Brad, you've been calling this out for a couple episodes. But the, I, when I checked the clock, because we were about to roll into the... I was just like, man, this feels like a long episode, but there's a lot to do still. And then I saw that there was 30 seconds left. I got so mad. I was like, how are we yeah. wrapping up the episode? Yeah, there's not a lot of closure. No. Yeah. You said you said things don't get resolved. That that comes through hard when this credit scene shows up. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but then also, the if you're going to wake me up, you better be holding eggs. Let them sleep. Why are you waking them up with a full breakfast? Yeah. Sorry, I want to backtrack a bit. You, you said you, nothing resolves. What did, you, what did you leave wanting resolved? How did they get home? There's the stripper bit, the nanny bit. The car bit. Yeah, how did they get home? What's next? That was my big question. How did they get I, home? I would assume, like, the, you know, uh, Stephen Root says, you know, I'll have to fix it tomorrow. I'll get the part tomorrow. So I just yeah. assumed he was going to fix the car the next day. I, just, I, I wasn't confident. They're, they're there for I, another. To me, the resolution of the episode is they decide to keep the relationship going. But they don't that's, ever get out of the murder house. They well, never leave. That's because... Well, as if if you you know if we weren't going backwards, I say this is where the show ends. They, yeah, right. This would be a great episode to just lie to somebody and make it, them make them stop here. It actually totally makes sense if the last three episodes were dream episodes. That would that tracks. Frazier's life flashed before his eyes with a crockpot. Yeah, and then uh, and then he had a fever dream with a vet's office and and going to Chicago. 
Yeah, if all of that's told through uh, a dying Fraser's imagination, it makes way more sense. I would plan the wedding. There would be a cannon. Drug people would get a six-year-old hammered. It'd be great. Well, I think we officially just declared that uh, Frasier ends on a dream sequence. <laughs> 100%. It really should have panned out of a globe. And it all is <laughs> in the dream of a dead Frasier. Pan out of a globe to have uh, Jonathan just looking at the globe. <laughs> yeah, and now we explain the In Memoriam segment. It's perfect. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, no, I I thought it wrapped up fine. I, I think the emotional point of the episode wrapped up nicely. I think that it it stands to reason that uh, Stephen Root's going to fix the car. They'll be on their way in the morning. And I also think for the for the interview uh, marathon that they did in the middle of the episode, like frankly, all of that was just for the the shits and giggles. That was there was no real deeper purpose than to just. Have the like, innuendo. Bradley slow. needs to know: Did they hire a stripper? Yes. Well, actually, I did think it was. It's weird that you set up that there's going to be a bachelor party. Don't show it at all. You'd like everything you're doing. We're now not going to. Everything that gets done in this episode has basically no point for the rest of the show, except for Charlotte coming back, which is kind of interesting. Correct. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. yeah. It's like we really make a big deal out of Martin's bachelor party, but it doesn't happen. And we don't see the nanny in the, in the future either. Correct. True. That is the one advantage we're allowed to talk about the p- future episodes. Yeah. No right. spoilers in that direction. There's yeah. one advantage <laughs> to this premise. <laughs> <laughs> At least we found it early in the show's run. Well, Brad, I think we all know the answer, but did you like this episode? No, it was not one of my favorites. Sorry to say it. Um, I just found it a very, like, sitcom cliche there were some funny jokes don't get me wrong and we all have as i've said before i love strippers so that helps uh, but it just I, it just didn't do anything for me I, I wasn't excited to watch it your melancholy when there isn't a stripper on the screen comes across though yeah i think it would have been much higher score if there was a stripper at milton's house you might be right you might be crazy i mean you got about as much uh, stripper as you like in terms of just what we saw of her body like we saw about as much stripper as you could expect to see in, in network television yeah that's that's true i was surprised that we actually got that yeah i thought she was gonna i thought she was gonna be in a nurse's outfit for sure um curtis what did you think of the episode i i'm the 180 on you i i really enjoyed this i thought this one worked really well i thought it, it, it genuinely made me laugh and i feel like it's usually harder for me to laugh especially when i'm watching something alone uh i thought this was a winner uh, I got, I bought the emotional connection between Charlotte and Frasier. Um, I thought the innuendos were clever enough. And I completely, I mean, there's some sitcom stuff happening. That's going to happen in every episode. But I got to tell you, um, Stephen Root hugging a corpse, I don't think that is like standard sitcom fare. I thought it was pretty original. Yeah, that's, I, it's definitely, I, there's no way I would have ever drawn up this episode. Never in a million years. Kenny, I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, I, you know, I, I joked about it being, you know, lesser sitcom, but I actually, I do enjoy the Three's Company style, like, mix-em-ups. Like, I do think that's something Frazier often did very well. I do think it was done better in future episodes in this weird <laughs> backwards universe <laughs> you idiots are living in. Uh, but... But, you know, I did enjoy elements of it. And then, yeah, the them in the room with the corpse, that, all that stuff to me was pretty gold. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and, it, and it brought back, like, I remembered watching this. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I remember this episode. And I don't know, like, I, I watched Frasier pretty regularly when it was on. Like, but I, and I tried, I started watching it when it was on Netflix years ago. I was like, I'm going to watch the whole series. And then Netflix took it off. And so I didn't finish. But... I it was it was nice to revisit the show because I haven't in a while and I was like oh this show could be quite funny especially if Stephen Root is hugging a corpse yeah I only hope that happens in every episode because I'm going to start watching the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one of us has absolutely zero nostalgia to draw from. Ryan, you're doing the rewatch backwards. How did you like this one? So before I score it, I have to check in. Eddie's not in this episode, right? You're no, what? Nobody say anything. You're not allowed to check in. You'll understand in a moment. Okay. (laughs) I genuinely am starting to wonder if I'm going crazy or not. I have, I have absolutely no idea at this point. 
it all uh, makes sense in a minute, buddy. <laughs> great. Uh, I so I think I think Brad's comments, not for him scoring, but him critiquing this episode, has probably brought me down a little bit. But I was hovering somewhere in the five to six range, so I think I'm going to give it like maybe a five point four. It was fine. I think some of it is done again, just just a little hackier than I expected. I had a little tougher time with the awkward comedy, so I didn't enjoy the Milton's house as much as Kenny did. I did think that there was some gold in both the stripper scenes and anything Milton was doing, but all in all, I I would have been fine with not doing this episode. Okay. As my, it was my least favorite so far. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, out of you know four fourth out of four, that's that's not even a bronze. That's pretty right. Didn't pretty even make the podium. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our review of uh, the the detour. Uh, now for a new segment. Oh. It's Daddy Do or Daddy Don't. Oh no. <laughs> so this is my nightmare. So uh, I thought we'd try a new game tonight. Uh, the rules are simple, Ryan. Oh, I'm no. going to ask you a yes or no question. Probably sounds simple, but given your history so far with this show, it may be a real challenge. So, Ryan, the question is, was Eddie in this episode? I, I, I don't know. I don't think he was, but I haven't thought he was multiple times and been apparently wrong. I... I have no reason to do this, but I'm sticking with my guns, and I'm saying no. Daddy was not in this episode, although I'm not fully convinced he was in two of the other episodes. Actually, all three of them. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well oh, done. Oh, thank goodness. He did not appear in this episode, and I'm really glad we still got to do that stupid bit because you almost ruined it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I almost had a mental breakdown over this. <laughs> All right, man. Why do you tell us what to expect next week when we cover uh, the previous episode? It's season 11, episode 20, and Frasier makes three. Yes, and Frasier makes three. Frasier makes three moves on Charlotte. The first is to meet her. The second is to sow seeds of dissent with his, her current man. The third is to swoop in for the kill. Pops also will make it clear to his boys that he wants a bachelor party he's never had, but he has no friends. Uh, Daphne signs him up to help help out the hobbled old man. She also realizes it's uh, quitting time. Her corporate overlord slash landlord slash lover's brother needs to move on and get a new caretaker for Pops. She breaks it to him with a very understandable misunderstanding where Frazier believes she is divorcing Niles. Roz will be at the coffee shop resolving the unrelated C-plot of what, whether or not Frazier needs to be at his job ever. Efficient. I like it. Well, tune in next week to find out if that is what will happen. Uh, That'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps the podcast get off the ground. Special thanks. Where should they review us? Uh, All of the places. Wherever you're getting this podcast, review it there. But apparently, I always hear them say on other podcasts that Apple Podcasts is where you're really supposed to to write a review. So go do it there. Write into the newspaper if you got one. That would be helpful. (laughs) Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music and for myself, Ryan, Brad, and my brother, Kenny. Good morning, Los Angeles. I hate you. Sure. This is the first podcast I've ever actually been on, so...